When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Thanks again for being a part of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos. The Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakerholics.com. And, of course, the awesome folks at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Big shout-out to Mike out there. It is sincerely appreciated. Plus, we also want to go ahead and give a big shout-out to our friends and our cohorts in crime at Lakerholics.com, L. Rob. And, of course, a big shout-out to our own Five Things Jamie Sweet, who now has an article up, his latest article on Five Things with Russell Westbrook. And I know that's a good read out there. I had a chance to take a look at it. It's now available at Lakerholics.com as well. Well, I'll tell you what, more of a good conversation today. I'm looking forward to a lot of great topics on the air. Looking forward to everything that everybody has to say out there. But I've got three great guests indeed. They are back from our folks at Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Also want to give a big shout out to Joe, who appeared earlier this week from Lakersball.com. I want to give him a big shout out as well. Thank him for the time for all his thoughts on the Lakers offseason moves. Plus, he will be returning to a show upcoming in the not too distant future. So I'm looking forward to that as well. But I've got the Lakerholics.com crew. First off, it is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. It was Laker Tom and Laker Tom. Great to have you here. Wanted to hear your first thoughts on this, and we'll get to you right now, my friend. And that is is there any tweaks in store for the Lakers? Because there's been rumors, and you always love those Laker rumors that are out there when it concerns the Lakers. You hear a little bit of this. You hear a little bit of that. But two names that have been popping up are Isaiah Thomas, James Ennis III. One's a wing that has been known to shoot somewhat okay from the three-point area, who was a part of those Houston teams and last year was with Orlando. Long arms, good wingspan, plays decent defense, okay on the three-pointer, not terrific. Someone who has spots started for teams before in the past. His career high is only 8.4, which was last year, which is not great. So he's not going to give you a whole lot, but, you know, he's, a, again, another wing you could throw out there. And then, of course, 
the familiar Isaiah Thomas. So if you want to continue the theme of former Lakers coming back, that'd be great. But he is also a former MVP candidate, an individual who's been trying to do what he can to become a fixture once again in the league. I feel bad, and I don't really put him in the same category as, let's say, Dennis Schroeder or Nerlens Noel on being able to pass up because he didn't he didn't actually get a chance to really pass up. His, unfortunately, his injuries came in the way. He never got able to go ahead and have the Brinks truck backed up to him. But your thoughts on a tweak being, ba- being made and if Isaiah Thomas or James Ennis III could be one of them? I actually like both of them, I, and I think that who knows what the Lakers are going to do. Um, there's been these hints around from various people. I, I think the one thing we all feel pretty comfortable with is they're probably going to leave one roster spot open. So instead of filling all three, they're probably just going to fill two of the roster spots. They do have a need for a backup point guard. So they, uh, to me, the concept of getting Isaiah Thomas, uh, I think, is appealing. We know he's a good playmaker. He's an excellent uh, pick-and-roll uh, playmaker. He's an excellent three-point shooter. And he recently went out and scored 81 points in a Pro-Am game. 81 points. It sounds so familiar. Yes. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I like it. I like Ennis too because I think the other the other need that we have probably is for a another another player who can play the three, who's a big enough wing to guard guys that used to kill KCP last year. Um, and so I think Ennis fits that role as well as anybody out there. I think that we've done a good job of balancing shooting with. Three, with uh, defense, uh, trying to replace some of the defensive holes that were created by the trade and and the moves that we've made in the offseason. But uh, overall, I think those are the most tweaks that you're going to get. We don't have anybody left to trade unless we wanted to trade a future draft choice for somebody. It does appear to me, at least, that the Lakers are being very cognizant of how much luxury taxes are. Um, obviously, one of the reasons that... Uh, Alex Caruso is no longer a member of the Lakers, but I think that they've done a great job. And uh, I'm, you know, I, I think they're probably just keeping their eye on a couple situations, seeing if somebody gets waived uh, that they might be able to pick up. I think that's obviously why they want to keep the 15th spot, but uh, uh, I'm pretty happy with where we are right now. Um, I think everybody has their own individual concerns, but I have to give Rob Palenka a lot of credit considering what he had in his wallet when he went out shopping. Um, I think he's done a terrific job. I think he's done a solid job. In fact, like I said, I, I was very on much on the fence on what was going on when he got all the old guys and the AARP started rolling in and all that jokes and all the side stuff and the retirement home and all that stuff. As far as the bringing the older guys in, I was like, eh, but those, that second day was really something that I was really impressed by, by getting Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk could be somebody that could work out for you. Getting those additions on the second day, I think, was much more uh, enticing for Lakers fans than the first day for me, uh, especially. But I think it's a positive sign. I think the Lakers have a team that can compete. We'll see if it's worth, you know, how how level. I think Western Conference, uh, you know, as far as getting to the Western Conference Finals, getting to the NBA Finals, I think is pretty much right now, if they have good health, I think it's something that definitely should be in place for the Lakers. We'll see if uh, NBA Finals could be in store. I know Brooklyn is now, again, a, a solid 
favorite for the NBA championship. I think the Patty Mills signing was a, was a kind of our killer for us. I think that was a really, ah, that would have been so sweet if the Lakers would have had him coming off the bench or playing crunch time for the Lakers because he adds so much to it. But there's some good signs in Lakers land and I'm really looking forward to it. And they could make some tweaks that might help the Lakers. So hopefully that will case be, that will be the case, but we'll talk about if Marcus Saul will be one of those tweaks that's coming up at some time this season. That's coming up a little later on. But also here today to talk about the Lakers is a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and catch what he's doing today at Lakerholics.com. He invades Lakerholics.com constantly with his great comments and also his pointed out in history, Lakers history, plus his comments on and articles that are posted for what's coming out right now in the news at Lakerholics.com. It is the magic man, Sean Grice and magic man, your thoughts, any little tweaks? Is there another name out there since you are our aficionado on the NBA? Is there another name out there besides Isaiah Thomas and James Ennis that could be a part of the Lakers roster or are those two a good fit that you think is going to happen? Yeah, honestly, Gerald, I think those two are a good fit. Um, You know, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out if there would be another talented player out there just in in the wind or or possibly being waved that that could uh, help us in that regard, and I don't see it. So I concur with Tom. I I can't really add much. I think adding IT and Ennis would be a a shot in the arm. I, I think... I also agree with him that I think we should only go to 14 and like reading the tea leaves that looks like what Rob might do only because you know what, man, it it always rains too. You never know when it's going to rain and you need an umbrella. And if an opportunity comes up where he can add somebody who he thinks would be a shot in the arm defensively or another shooter, I think he's going to pull the trigger. Getting into what we're talking about right now with the Lakers and the additions that they want to make, I really want to go ahead and start asking questions because the back end of the roster, as I've always said, you don't don't those should not be throwaway slots. Those shouldn't be two guys like like uh, Udonis Haslam and you know Jared Dudley. Those throwaway positions that that you throw out there for guys who are never going to really produce for you or just be barkers on the bench. I know Laker Tom up there is – I feel like the member of the Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch looking up and down on the squares. Or like Family Feud where we're looking on the side or whatnot. But um, I'm, I'm still thinking those, those guys are not necessary for such a veteran team. And what you should do is get guys in place. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS 
to get 20% off. Spencer Young from Basketball University. You got to go ahead and check them out, medium.com slash basketball-university. Wanted to ask you this real quick in regards to some tweaks. Are those the obvious fits? I mean, the guys in the summer league, God bless them. In fact, they're competing right now as we're speaking against the Clippers. It's tied up in the fourth quarter. And even if they come out with a winning team, because right now they're, as we're speaking, they're one and one. I don't see anyone that's a quick fix to the roster. I don't see Joel Ayayi or Austin Reeves or the guy that looks like a 13-year-old, Mac McClung, who they just signed for the roster, <laughs> and also you know some of the other guys that are there. I mean, I know also as well Shondri Brown has been talked about. But these guys, unfortunately, I don't see enough of as far as making any kind of contribution this year. We will see, but for in successive seasons, if they'll actually be members of the team. But I mean, are there any tweaks that you would make if you're sitting back there? Are, are Isaiah Thomas and James Ennis the third the answer, or is somewhere else? So I, I have like a couple of thoughts. I actually, you know, I, I feel so bad for Isaiah Thomas, but I don't, I wouldn't look at his signing as a positive. I don't think. I feel that like in the playoffs, I I want Russell Westbrook and LeBron playing forty minutes a game, and when you split their minutes, I is Avery Bradley still out there? Yeah, he is. But, but defensively, yeah, maybe. But so so if Isaiah Thomas, part of my problem is obviously like physics. He's five eight, five nine. So on defense, you know, I'm sure Frank Vogel is going to love that. The other problem is we have. Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Russell Westbrook, Kent Bazemore. I'm pretty sure at least one person's getting squeezed out of the rotation. You had a one, yeah, if you add a fifth guard, now you're squeezing like three people off the rotation. I just don't think it's necessary. I think Kendrick Nunn is probably a better player than Isaiah Thomas right now, unless Isaiah Thomas proves me completely wrong. Um, I, with James Ennis, I watched him on the Sixers. You know, he's like a hustle guy. His three-point shot's kind of misleading. He's not a 43% shooter at all. He's, he's way closer, like 35, 36. Um, I guess I've been like the biggest proponent for the Lakers to wing players. I think Trevor Reese is my, actually my favorite signing of all the minimum guys. So yeah, I, I take Ennis, I take Wes Matthews back. Avery Bradley, maybe. And then the last thing I'd say is um, maybe sign Paul Millsap to play like the Marquise Morris role. But um, I think can he? Do you think he can still hasn't? Yeah, he's kind of washed. I do agree. But I think uh, just from positionally, you put Trevor Ariza at the four, he's kind of undersized. Um, Paul Millsap is more, obviously, more size, better rebounding. So maybe, maybe. I think with Laker Tom, I think alluded to this last week in regards to Trevor Reza that, you know, his last season. Now, mind you, he took some time off because he had to deal with a, uh, a marital issue, divorce issue, and then a custody battle with his ex-wife and he had to deal with that. So that's why, and plus also he had concerns for the COVID virus. That's why he stayed out. But once he came back to Miami, you know, he just didn't look like the Trevor Reza that was so valued in the league for the past 15 years. It, it this seemed like something was missing. You're hoping that that was just something maybe of a fluke and that he has one good year left, but I'm kind of thinking he might be closer to where we see Paul Millsap now 
as possibly being washed. And I say that, don't say that meanly. I just say that as of what I saw last year. Uh, I'm worried more about that, but we'll see what happens with Trevor Reese and see if he can give you anything. But yeah, I mean, there's some things that we can go ahead and, and tweak on the roster. There's some names still out there. I would prefer maybe a Bradley just because the fact that we are a little bit susceptible on the defensive end, uh, you know, when it comes to backcourt defense. And if let's say they match up against Brooklyn in the finals, and let's just put that out there. I mean, you do need a little bit of backcourt defense, and I'm not sure the Lakers have enough right now to offset that, you know, if – if Harden and Irving are playing well. So what are your thoughts, Magic Man? I mean, am I wrong on that? Or should I should I show any concern for the backcourt defense? Uh, I would, Gerald. Yeah, I share your same concerns if we play them in the finals with the team we have right now. Sure. I mean, well, you get you get rid of Caruso and KCP, and that's a I mean, despite the fact that both Tom and I were were upset of the fact that they shot once every calendar moon. Uh, you know, they, the fact that they did play defense and they were our best backcourt defenders and then Wesley Matthews not retained as well, that that kind of concerns me. Yeah. It does. It does, Gerald, which, which, you know, again, you had a theory with the free agency that you, you suggested that the money dried up quick and basically – after that happened, free agency kind of splintered and there was a lot of disinformation and certain guys went to certain places and we were all surprised with some of the moves. And Dennis Schroeder went skateboarding and lost $80 million. But, right. you know, I digress. But, but if you look at the names that are left, Gerald, some of them still have some gas in the tank. And Keith Smith um, on Twitter had an interesting thought. He said that uh, he was responding to a question and somebody had asked him about that. And he said, well, look at it this way. If NBA teams are only offering them the minimum, why wouldn't they wait until the all-star break or when the buyout market becomes a little clearer to kind of make their, their moves, so to speak. I think there's some merit to that. Uh, there is some merit to that. Indeed. Uh, that's a very good point. But there's also issue of when you come in that far behind, like Dwayne Dedman did, because he came so far late in the season, how much you're going to contribute, how much in shape are you going to be? So that's something you need to think about. But Laker Tom, one man popped in my head, one person that you and I have both been behind for quite some time, the Lakers did have, and we're going to continue the theme of returning Lakers possibly, because he's still out there to the best of my best of my knowledge. And that's Boogie, DeMarcus Cousins. I have one firm hope, which is that the Lakers are going to go small this year, that they're going to start Anthony Davis. And so the last <laughs> thing in the world that I want to give Frank Vogel is another center. I don't care how good of a stretch five he is. I don't want to give him another reason not to play Anthony Davis at the five. I don't have any centers, and I sure don't have Boogie on my list okay all right we miss you boogie though all right you know we we hope you find a job and that's i feel so bad for him because he once was you know offered again like others uh, such a big huge contract he had a, a great future yeah. and then injuries he, he and it both got screwed yeah yeah as, they opposed, got, to, as opposed to dennis and Nerlens yeah having made a big mistake and we'll talk about dennis coming up here in a minute but yeah that's very disappointing but 
guys. Here's, here's, the thing, here's the thing I find interesting about all of the Lakers moves, and I'd, I'd like to see what everybody else thinks about this. We started the season with them talking about running it back. What we did is an extreme makeover. We didn't run it back. We made it over. And the only person we brought back was, was THT. Other than that, everybody else, and I think Gasol is going to be gone too. They tried to trade him. They tried to no, trade him. To, we'll, we'll talk to, about that too. To, uh, to the Timberwolves. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I so the big it. question. Is, so the big question is what what happened that the Lakers all of a sudden were ready to take a team that had won a championship in the bubble, and they weren't going to bring back any of these players. Not Caruso. I mean, Schroeder, you understand, but not Caruso, not Wes Matthews, not Markeith Morris. It's it, to me, it, and it's just my opinion that it shows that the Lakers understood in retrospect that the last two championships were not a measuring stick to be used for the championship that's coming up with full arenas and hopefully with COVID, hopefully under some sort of control, but. The Lakers obviously decided they were going to make major changes. They, I mean, can you remember a championship caliber team just a year removed from winning the championship and only not winning it probably because of injuries to their two superstars to totally retool and get rid of 10 players? Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I think this also answers that question too. How long ago was the Lakers championship in the bubble? Was that October? to November, pretty late in the year for 2020, right? Right. Okay. And you get less than a year later, less than a calendar year later. How many individuals are still left on that team? THT, LeBron, AD. LeBron is the longest reigning Laker at this point in time. Isn't that scary? Isn't that scary <laughs> indeed? But yes, there's I mean, only th three members about, on that team. Move to, no, I can't remember anybody else doing something like that. I mean that happens. You build super oh. teams from from teams that are losers, and this and also and it also talks about the when you when you talk about this when you also goes into the whole entire team, the staff, the training staff. Yep. If you take a look at that wonderful photo of everybody celebrating right there at half court and everybody having fun out that just less than a calendar year ago, and I want to stress just a bubble that. away, yes, just a bubble ago, almost all gone. So, uh, you know, that tells you right there that Ron Palenka is going to push the, the button. Yeah. And he just jettison everybody he can in order to try and get the best chance he can to win a championship. Even when they won a championship, they started to make changes in the offseason because they think they thought they need to get better and they thought it was the right moves. And we all know what happened there. But, man, again, the turnover in less than 12 months. Has well, and, you know, amazing. and if you look at if you look at what why they did this. I mean, we started the whole offseason worrying about Anthony Davis's health. That's what all of the discussions were for a month almost. And yet when you turn around and look at it, what the, what the Lakers really did, at least I believe, is they were worried about LeBron James' health. Because this move for Westbrook is 100% part of a program to – Taron LeBron, to get LeBron out of having to be the facilitator and the point guard on the team, uh -huh. to get him closer to the basket, I think we're going to see him post up. And I think 
I think Russ's job is to get the ball to LeBron and AD playing the four and five, and they're going to do a lot of post-up. They're going to do a lot of driving and so forth. So the whole team, this whole process of, of why I think they turned over the entire roster is because they saw LeBron get hurt in two of the last three years and understand that they needed number one, a third superstar, so that they can deal with two guys that may have injuries from time to time. Secondly, they needed somebody to take over the playmaking thing. And thirdly, we lucked out because I can't believe how many good shooters we were able to, to get. I mean, for minimum for minimum contracts. We were lucky that there were a lot of good three-point shooters available. Well, um, you know what to say. As you, you get are. older, as you get older, you one of the things you focus on is shooting, and your shooting has a tendency to get better. So yeah. uh, I'm thankful for that. It just all depends with the age. All the jokes aside, as far as the age is concerned, it is a concern, and it has to be concerned how these old guys will be able to go ahead, you know, because they're not all LeBron. They're not all built yeah. like LeBron. They don't all train like LeBron. getting $140 million, man, at 36. Well, again, it, but that's a select few. How many of them are, yeah. you know, I mean, Kawhi, he just signed the four-year deal. He is going to be expected to do that at 35, 36. But how many of these guys realistically are going are, to they, do how they keep up with their bodies? How do they keep up their, with the rigors in the NBA? I mean, imagine these rookies and these second-year players. They're coming in. They're 20, 21, 22. And you're expecting a lot of these 33, 34, 36, 37 guys in the case of Mello to guard them. And that's hard. I mean, you guys, everybody out there knows everybody. Okay. You go to the park. Let me give you an example. You go to the park and you go to the school and Spencer, you know, when he's handling ball, he's, he's the young kid. And you're going to, I'm, you're going to ask me at an advanced age, or let's say magic man's age. You're going to ask, you know, cause what you're 33, 32. Yeah. Okay, yeah, around that. Okay, so he's 13, 14 years older than Spencer. So in doing that, you're talking about so many more miles, so many more injuries, so many more, a lot of things. Some, it's take it into the post, Sean. Yeah, take, well, again, you have the savvy, you have the experience. I get that. But you understand, just over the course of the season, a lot of people have their concerns, all jokes aside. I still think right now, if the Lakers get out, get in healthy, they have a definite chance to win the NBA championship with that kind of savvy. And if they shoot to their expected marks, if they don't shoot to their expected marks, then we have the same issue we have every year, except for worse defense. But if they shoot 40%, then it's golden. Then it'll be all something that we, we talked about for a long time about how we needed the shooters and now we have them. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But I do want to thank everybody for listening and watching. And before we head to Spencer, Magic Man, you got something real quick? Because I've got a question I want to ask Spencer coming up next. 
Yeah, absolutely. How about how about we go through a, a question for you guys? Okay, so it's uh, start, bench, cut for for this version of the Lakers. Okay, so shooting, defense, chemistry. Spencer, you go first. So what do you so what are you suggesting? Yeah, no, no. You start, bench, cut. So there's three aspects. So you have shooting. Defense and chemistry. Who would you start for each one of those components? Okay. Um, oh yeah, I'm I'm starting with shooting because obviously with our three stars we need shooting or else we're kind of screwed. So we're just talking about two people each time because we know the other three starters, right? Right. Yeah. Well, this we're goes simple. back to our starting. <laughs> this goes back to our starting lineup the other day. Yeah. So yeah, who else exactly. besides the superstars is what we're talking about for shooting? Okay, then I'll go defense, and then third I'll go and cut. I'll I'll cut chemistry. I mean, chemistry I'm I'm worried about just because like Malik Monk and um, Kendrick Nunn they're gonna want paydays. Like they signed here to get a payday next year, so if they get cut from the rotation and they don't like it and they have problems with the coaches, that's not good. But a talent wins out, man. So. Nunk is someone who should play and play consistently, and by the end of the year could be someone that the Lakers could be relying on. I, I mean, if he plays like he did at times in Miami, because he would either score 25 or be on the bench for three games with a DNP, and I couldn't get it. I didn't understand the, the difference, why it, why it was in between, why it was so vast between one outcome and the other with him. So I, I don't know. I, I didn't get that, but Spencer, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I mean, I, I basically made my points. Um, Kendrick Nunn, I think, part, like, he obviously left Miami because they were hard capping. Not, they weren't going to give him his contract. But I think part of the reason he, he liked to leave is that they really benched him for Goran Dragic, and, like, they, they totally cut him out of their playoff rotations for two years. On more than one occasion, they did. Yeah, and then yeah. they would – then when they had injuries, it would be like, okay – break the glass in case of emergency and oh he he can score 25 points for you like he did in the finals so you know it just it didn't make sense to me you know why that he was always in or out and it was just nowhere in between and he didn't have any steady type of rhythm but he was still able to produce when you asked him to so i'm hoping with he'll have a better shot at the lakers i really think that he should be the guard playing opposite of russell westbrook i don't know if that's the case and as laker tom and i have surmised Vogel gets into some bad habits when it comes to lineups and playing Gasol and Ellington or someone that's, you know, not maybe the ideal fit is something that could happen. I'm not going to say will, but I I think Laker Tom has got that somewhere in the back of his mind as well, that this is a possibility that, that Frank Vogel does that, which will get his heart pumping again because they'll go off to, first quarter deficits again and have to come back throughout the whole game again, like they did last season, where it was a constant source of, you know, just consternation. But yeah, I think that right now shooting should be paramount, especially with Westbrook, who is again, one of the worst shooters all time. But if he's giving you a lot, so much more a boost in transition and rebounding and physicality, then it's a great offset that you, you're to like to have. So, but you do need shooting and you, you got to make sure with, Kent Bazemore could be a key on this team because if he, he's he's one of the best defenders that you got on these minimums, but is the forty percent shooting that he shot with Golden State is that an outlier or is that realistic or you know that's that's the thing I think a lot of people are asking. 
is that something that that's going to stick or is that something is he going to revert back to his old ways so he was like a 35 34 percent shooter and there you go so that's the case that that doesn't help you as much as you hope so i think shooting right now it has to be paramount especially with the guys involved and you're expecting if ad's healthy to be one of the best defensive players in the nba oh absolutely gerald that was a long-winded answer to answer your question well i I, yeah i mean you know if it was me i i'd start shooting I would bench defense and I would cut chemistry. I'm with you and Spencer there. I'm sure Tom Tom would agree to an extent. Um, oh my like gosh, he's been the he's been the one that's shouted shooting forever. So yes, I would imagine so. But uh, you know, that, that demands yeah, defense. Yeah, yeah, I actually I actually took the question differently, Sean. I thought you were asking if you were going to go for shooting, who would you put in the lineup? If you're going to go no, for no, defense, no, no, who are no, the no, two no. you were starting and so forth? So I mean, from a shooting standpoint, I I think that I think most of us would agree Ellington and and uh, Nunn basically would be the two shooters I'd put out there. If we were playing the defense, it's probably it'll probably be Kent and uh, and Trevor that I would put out there. And if it was for well, chemistry, that that's um, what's great about the versatility of this lineup, yeah. right? Is that you can right. insert none. Right offensively and if you need and then to there's, then there's Frank who likes defense so he'll probably start he'll probably start uh you know probably start uh, Howard at center Ariza at one at the other position and we won't have any shooters one thing I want to ask real quick is Trevor Ariza I just raised my hand doing the Sean Magic Man thing because I wanted to ask Ariza and Anthony these were guys that originally started out as small forwards do you think uh, you know Carmelo can no longer guard small forwards in the league? That's that's a no no. And if you try to put him out there, you're going to get burned. But well, Spencer, you can't, can't guard power forwards either. That's yeah, you know, that's that's the problem. <laughs> so you better hope he hits forty percent on his threes or forty two. Yeah. Um, Ariza, are you sure he can still play threes, Spencer? I'm not convinced he can still play threes in the league. Um, he's six eight. He's the tallest guy we got. I understand his height. I'm talking about his athleticism and, and six, his age. Three, six eight and long. Okay. You can't I, you can't put these six two and six three other guards we got on it. No, on I'm saying like that. Well, Kent Bazemore still might have some of his six athleticism. four. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's that's you know you know what that's going to remind you of Bazemore guarding threes. It's going to remind you of KCP guarding threes. But Spencer, I mean, let great me ask defender, you. You're a great defender and got a hand up for every shot, but still like five inches, three or four inches too short to really affect the guy that oh, he's guarding. But, but let me ask you this, Spencer. I mean, is Ariza still effective playing threes at this um, age? Well, how was he in Miami? I only saw spot games with him, and I didn't see very much. So obviously, like, Jimmy Buckler was their three and was their, like, nominal small forward. I think so what I'd say is that even when Trevor Reese is in his prime, his like best attributes physically were lateral length, not his strength. I don't think so. I mean, I still think he has some lateral quickness left. And then as Laker Tom said, I do agree that Ken Bazemore guarding Paul George is going to be like KCP guarding Paul George, just a hype mismatch. So yes, I, I do think you kind of have to trust Trevor Reza at some point. He's got to be good or we have a problem on the wing. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. I've got four fingers crossed. I'm going to tell you right now because remember, this isn't the Trevor Reza of 2010. You know, this isn't the Trevor Reza that, you know, took over that second half in Orlando and basically won the Lakers the title in that second half with that performance and helped the Lakers get back into overtime until, you know, Fisher and Kobe, you know, basically took over from there. But he was just tremendous, if you remember that. And Lakers fans hopefully will always be indebted to him for that. Guys, cannot thank you enough. Appreciate everybody watching and listening to us right here once again. So for Laker Tom, Sean Grice, a.k.a. The Magic Man, and Spencer Young from Basketball University on Medium.com, this is Gerald Glassford. Hopefully you'll catch me on Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and of course, right here on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>